This is Disrupting Recruitment, a podcast focused on moving recruitment from a reactive to a proactive state. We talk to experts as well as recruitment marketers living it day to day to learn how to improve inbound as well as outbound and other recruitment marketing strategies. And it all starts now. All right, so we're back for another episode this week with uh, Michelle Marquardt, um, and we're going to talk about all things employer branding and um, candidate advocacy, because, uh, you know, I saw in your LinkedIn that you're a candidate, candidate advocacy leader, so um, welcome to the show, Disrupting Recruitments. Great to have you here. Thanks, Brad. I'm so glad to be here and chat with you. I enjoy the podcast and, and you've had some really cool guests on. And I look forward to uh, chatting with you. Yeah, thank God we've had some cool guests because if it was all me, <laughs> you know, why do I only have two listeners? Um, no, I, I appreciate that. It's uh, we, we definitely have had some some powerhouses on the, on the show and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have some more. So um, and we definitely have a powerhouse this week. So um, why don't we start off, I guess, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. And um, more importantly, what is a candidate advocacy leader? What does that mean? Sure. So it just means that I care about people. We spend most of our time working and I want that experience, finding jobs, being in jobs, looking for a job to be um, a humane experience. Um, There's a novel idea. <laughs> right? Uh, it doesn't exist. Um, you know, it's more than, a, you know, it being a, a, a time efficient process or um, a respectful process. But humane is, is almost like what we're the baseline level, what we're encouraging leaders to uh, embrace. Um, as a career length consultant slash contractor, um, I've been in the the role of job hunter or seeker a lot, and I've seen it all. And I'm sick of it, and I'm sick of it on behalf of other people looking for jobs. And it is time that workers are treated with the respect that they deserve and candidates are treated um, as they should be uh, treated as well. They are the key to the kingdom, and the sooner organizations realize that, the more successful they will be. Um, and candidates come back as customers. Candidates come back as future leaders. Candidates come back as your boss sometimes. It's really important to care for these people the right way, and I'm just really passionate about it. I've found a career making sure it happens. Yeah, it's like in sales, you never know the person you flip off, you know, driving down the road should be the customer you call tomorrow. And it's the same thing in, in recruitment, right? Like everybody we talk to is a potential candidate. Uh, or it could potentially be our boss someday. We we never know. And so you kind of always have to have that hat of, um, I'm going to be really, really nice to people. And sometimes you have to bite your tongue on that. But um, it's, uh, and that's why I was excited to talk to you today because, uh, you know, at Candidate Hub, our vision uh, is to bring that personal consumer experience to recruitment. Uh, if we can, if we can personalize everything that we buy online, um, why can't we personalize the job hunt a lot more? And I think a lot of it comes down to 
uh, just having the right data and pulling all of the pieces together and creating a single point of truth for every candidate that we have and uh, being able to feed them with personalized content. Know your audience. It's about know your know, audience. Know yeah. your audience and what they want. In Not a, about a, what you need as an organization, but what does a what does a candidate want? What does a person want out of a job, or out of an opportunity, or in an interaction with you? And the minute you flip the script, you're you're on to something. Yeah, a hundred percent. So that that leads into sort of a good sort of topic about employer branding and and um, this whole recruitment marketing thing. Um, like to me. Uh, you know, I think TA being under the handcuffs of, of HR, and, and I say that with all the most respect in the world, um, but we, we we handcuff ourselves in, you know, we have to be so careful about DE&I and, and all of the stuff that we're, we're afraid to humanize the recruitment process a little bit. I, I think that's just my take on it, that, you know, we're we're afraid that if I look at you know the demographics of my my staff if i look at the personality of my staff and i try to use that in the recruitment process i'm going to introduce bias and uh i think we need to pull back the curtain on that a little bit but um you know what i i know i've enjoyed your your posts on on employer branding and and that sort of uh concept but what what does it mean to you? Like if you, you know, you're, when you're thinking employer branding, what, what's coming to your mind is, is things that employers need to be doing a lot more of. Sure. Well, fundamentally, my philosophy on employer brand stems from an old improv uh, statement, which is how you do what you do is who you are. And what this means is it's not about what you're saying, because that's usually BS. Let's be honest. A lot of that kind of banter in career sites and everything else is just the performative language and it's really not at the heart of what it's like on a Tuesday when you fucked something up and how your boss treats you, how your team rallies around you, how you're able to fail, pick yourself up, learn from it, move on, grow, develop. That's your culture. The culture and when you fail, the culture and when things are hard, the culture when things are boring, the culture when everybody is, um, you know, sad because you lost out on a pitch or something. The way your leaders come to to that table, the way your teammates come to that table, that's your culture. How you deal with it in the moment, how you're present in the moment, that's truly your employer brand. And they exist whether you think you have one or not. It's not, let's do it. That's a slogan. Employer <laughs> brand is how people feel working with you. Yeah, stop cooking with cheese. Do you remember that campaign? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it was Steve Jobs that said, uh, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah, I think that that's true. But I think nowadays, um, candidates especially and workers are being really vocal about what they think. Mm -hmm. They're not holding back. There's no need to. Yes, some people are getting laid off. Um, and the way that they're being laid off is being broadcast widely and very mm -hmm. publicly. And everyone's taking note. Oh, really? That's how they treated you in such a tough time? They made you box your stuff up and act like you were a criminal? When it's really what's criminal is how they did 
organizational planning and workforce planning it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with their inability to look at seasonal projects or to, to predict anything happening in their business that would account for, you know, huge changes in, in hiring or, or reduction. And I think that you have to listen to what people are saying and you have to be engaged in those conversations because they're going to happen anyway. Um, and your employer brand is as much as what people are saying about you, it's also your response to that. And you don't have to negate it. You don't have to deny it. What you have to do is like what Avis says. We try harder. I love the honesty behind that. Like we're not the mm -hmm. best, but hey, like every day, man, <laughs> rolling up the sleeves. We're trying. We're trying. And I really get behind that. It is about that. It's about trying a little bit harder and being aware that there might be some issues that need to be addressed. That goes so much further. And transparency and honesty to your people is paramount yeah i i i you know if you don't define your culture your employees are defining it for you 100 percent, and your candidates are defining are defining it as well um candidates that are treated poorly and then vocalize that makes people feel ashamed to work where they work they're yeah. embarrassed you know you if you had a friend and you referred them to your company and they had a bad experience Oh my God, it's mortifying. And it doesn't make you feel any better about where you work. It makes you feel really frustrated. Well, I remember back in my days when I worked in hospitality. And when you're in hospitality, God forbid somebody put a review online, like on TripAdvisor or whatever that was negative. Like it was like the whole organization grinds to a stop and we have to deal with this. We have to make this person happy. And we, like, I don't understand why that isn't such a priority in recruitment because like, uh, I remember 15 years ago, I was at a speech, uh, or I was at a, a presentation and, and, um, it was an HR leader, well-respected leader in our community that said, you know, recruitment is basically you have marketing over here, trying to build up the brand of the organization and recruitment over here about to piss off 99 people. And and it is true, like not everyone's going to get hired. The majority of people are not going to get hired. And so you have to anticipate that you're going to be pissing off people and do it in a way that makes them feel good about themselves, you know, like makes them walk away going, hey, you know what? I didn't get that job, but. And it's the bare they, minimum we're talking yeah. about. Well, you don't have to have a half an hour call with 99 people out of 100 that didn't get the job. You, They do deserve an email. They do deserve a little bit of time. Um, it's impossible if you're, especially in high volume, you cannot provide feedback on why. What you can do, though, is set expectations very clearly from the app. You have set expectations that takes this long. This is who, what we're looking for, who, who you're going to talk to, what you'll, you know, what you will endure in the process and be, be honest about it and stick to it. Be accountable for what you tell them it's going to be like. And, you know, I think a no is better than ghosting a hundred percent of the time. Oh my God. I just yeah. rather know so I can move on with my life. It's a respectful yeah. thing. You know, like if you love someone, let it, you know, set them free, then let these people go and find their job where they are wanted and valued or their specific skill set will be 
of more use or value to the organization. And it's, it's a fact that we don't get all the, the jobs that we go for. Um, but more than, than, you know, should be happening, we're not hearing at all uh, when, we, when we are putting ourselves out there. I think some of it has to do with some of the technology and everything is sort of like replacing the human aspect of it. And so there isn't really a relationship when you've done easy apply on LinkedIn and, you know, it's filtered through something and then maybe they just look at stuff and you've kind of opted in to a touch-free experience when you do that yourself as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think though that that's like when you've opted in, you're less concerned about not hearing back from things you kind of knew you were just throwing the brick over the fence and maybe it hit something maybe it wouldn't yeah i I think i mean there's always going to be a bunch of candidates that just hit um you know like linkedin has the easy apply indeed has uh um, you know um, a similar quick apply and and some of the other job boards have uh similar features that basically you can just apply to a bunch of jobs that you're a match for without doing anything. And then you get a call and you're like, I don't even remember applying to this job. Like which, who is this? Who is this? I've applied for, and and that's the problem is candidates are applying for so many jobs today that they don't like, we have to keep that human element to it and and anticipate that, that, you, you know, if I'm calling somebody and they don't remember who I am or the organization, that's not a bad thing necessarily it's just that they've they're highly stressed right now they're got a lot on their mind they're applying to a lot of jobs and it's hard to keep it all straight and agreed agreed i, I don't we just have to be able... for not knowing that because it, it is people are being laid off and they're scared and, and people do a lot of things when backed into a corner i think that's why it's so important to have a really really good job post job description job advert however you want to talk about it uh, because then you're going to vet out those that don't aspire to whatever you're selling and the more uh, specific you can get about the opportunity the better the more it will attract the right kind of candidate to your job um you know honesty transparency again i'm gonna sound like a broken record um it could be a drinking game this version this week's podcast right. is a drinking game if i say she said honesty we're having a drink honesty or transparency you gotta drink um and it, it's like a the more you can hone in on that stuff that really finds you the right people. Um, and it's not, it's not about finding another gym that was in that role before. It's about just finding another person that can do this job and wants to do this job, put wants to do the job in front of, we need someone to do this job. Mm-hmm. Why do they want, why do they care? Why, 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 what's the, so what, what's in it for me, every candidate, no matter how backed into a corner they are, they know the job they take today, they're still going to have to be in at February 1. So yep. they are thinking about that. And they, they have learned a lot in these past couple of years in what they want, what they deserve, and what they should be expecting from an employer. And the game's just changed. Even um, amidst layoffs and, and changes in the economy and whatever, it will swing back the other way. And where they've completely depleted entire talent acquisition teams, they're going to have to shore them back up again really, really fast. And instead, this is an opportunity to hang on to a percentage of those folks and have them re- revise your jobs. Have them oh, my God. How many people have I heard say that? If you have free time, 
you know, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Would you please dive into some of the shitty job descriptions you have and just clean them up? First of all, about us to the bottom or lose it. Oh my God, just link to it. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares about some old white dude who started the company 200 years ago. And, you know, they want to know what you are today. They want to know what you make. They want to know how you're innovative, but they want to know that way after how much will I make? What kind of tools do I use? What kind of impact will I have? What's this opportunity? Yeah. You know, I, I have my own pet peeves about job descriptions, but I've heard you talk about, um, candidate centric job descriptions. And I think you just hit on some good points there. Um, like I've always said, you would never sell a car. You would never sell a product online with the features and benefit sheet. Like you would never take a features and benefits of a Toyota Camry and post that on an ad online and expect people to buy the frigging car. They're just not going to, but that's how we sell jobs, right? This is what I need. This is what I want. I want somebody who has five years experience in this. And I want somebody who has this. And I want somebody who has that. And it's all about skills and competencies. And it shows that we don't give a fuck about the person that's applying. Yep. So other than will they meet, meet the criteria that I want? Me, 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 me. It's all about me. So what's your take on There's what would a good... There's three things you can do fast. About us to the bottom. Stop talking about yourselves. This is Or get rid of it. Or get rid of it. Uh, legal won't often let you get rid of it. You can link to it somewhere else. Send them down another rabbit hole in your career site. If they are so willing to click there, they'll click there. It will be there legally binding, whatever. But I don't know how about us is legally binding. It's just your story. Who cares? They can get that. What's, what is that candidate story is what you lead with. Your story here, your life here will be. You swap out requirements and qualifications for you have and you get to do or your typical day. I don't want to see requirements and qualifications. You talk about you enjoy doing this thing that is a skill. You are really good at doing this thing that is a that is a, the best way to you know achieve whatever X thing is. You you frame it in a way that here when you do these things that you could do anywhere else, you're going to like it better here because of this. And mm -hmm. you also need to do it all in the first ten seconds of reading, because like in any other advertisement. And it's an advertisement. You have 10 seconds to show them the sexy Camry. Sexy Camry. That's funny. Um, hey, have you seen the Camrys lately? They're getting better. <laughs> I drove a Corolla for many, many years. So, I mean, I'm a Toyota <laughs> fan, I'll say. But, I, but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's about how you feel more than anything. And you have to sell them on that. You have to sell them on the potential, the excitement, the opportunity, and being their best selves. That's what you're selling yeah, it's like I've I've heard people say, you know, the job interview is the spot where two people sit across the room for each other for 10 minutes and lie to each other. Um, and it's like we're, we we set that up right from the get go of, um, you know, the application process, like, uh, you know, Monday, Friday, nine to five, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh yeah, well, we expect our staff to work long hours and get the work done. And, and like, I'm a big fan of drop your pants, let them see what you really like and let them decide if they want to be there or not. And you're going to 
stop wasting a bunch of people's time and you're going to get less of that um you know people that are applying just because they want to apply for a job and you'll get you'll start to get more of the right people the people that match your culture the people that um i'd like, like to say enhance their culture i like to say Inha yeah yeah I, that's... because matching culture will only play into stuff that is already wrong will stay wrong enhancing True. culture gives it the ability to evolve um it, it also lends itself so much more to diversity and inclusivity because um same old same old that's great good cultures uh still have room for evolution and improvement um because if you think the minute you say we have we're done we have achieved diversity we have achieved inclusivity we have achieved the most perfect culture there's going to be at least 10 percent of your people that are like no <laughs> well it's like a good business plan right it's never done and nothing has to be perfect either but it does have to be get ready to drink on it and specific you know when you're specific in a job posting well part of the problem too is now that they're laying everybody up every single job you see is a twofer or a threefer you got to do all this, but also this and this. Mm -hmm. Oh, because you're trying to get me to do the job of three people. We're not stupid. Mm -hmm. Nobody, yeah. I mean, it's like everybody is a golden corral buffet of jobs. You know, you can't have fried chicken and tacos at the same restaurant and expect to have award-winning tacos and fried chicken. You can't do both. You know? No. So. No, you're, you're right. Um and, uh, so the other thing I've heard you talk a lot about, um, is, you know, when, when we're looking at employer branding, we are, it's a lot of it is, is, is moved to social. And we talk a lot about employer branding on social. Uh, and one of the things that I've heard you say that I, I was like, okay, now she's onto something here, um, is staying social on social um and like i see so many times and i know that uh good buddy of mine james o'donnell's on this mission to get recruiters to stop saying i'm hiring um yeah you're a recruiter um i hope you're hiring it's just like that's my job i'm plumbing I'm putting yeah. out fires. <laughs> yeah. I'm selling. We knew that part. <laughs> I'm a salesperson. I'm selling. I'm selling. Um, I would so... just know anybody. What is the job? What are you talking about? They claim this person, you know, Dan Jacobs is, is selling whatever. And I'm like, who's, who is that? That means nothing to me. And that person yeah. is not a thought leader either. So it's not like. I am hiring for Elon Musk. And that's either going to yeah. be, nope. Let your clients stay. A whole lot of nope either. and a whole lot of, yeah. all right, cool. You know, yeah. he's basically. Well, like, you know what? You know what? Love, love him or hate him. Um, he's, he is honest and transparent. He is. And it's funny because I, I was engaged in social content yesterday because of social media. It's not broadcast media. It's social media meaning it is a cocktail party online we're supposed to talk and give and take and nobody likes conversations where it's one person going blah 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 you just say oh i'm gonna just i need to refill my drink and you leave that conversation and you don't engage with that person again because they've just been 
blaring at you. And he's at least honest. He said, this is it. You're going to work hard, play hard, not play hard. I don't know. You're going to be doing this. That's expectation setting. He's not lying about who he is. He's not lying about what he expects of people. There are, you know, going to be a lot of people who want to be part of that and good for them and they're going to be happy. But, you know, I think that there's, you know, he's not exactly an empathetic person. So it's, it's a, it's a careful there, you know, let's, let's understand the way to talk to people too. And that. that well, yeah. I mean, you can criticize the way he goes about what he does for sure. But I mean, he's all about, you know, here's how it is. Here's how it is. If they opt out, they get three months severance. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing that he's doing. Like, hey, this is how I roll. You don't want it. You have three months severance. There are a lot of places laying people off the far left. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a conversation that we're not having publicly enough. I want to know the salary of your role, and I want to know what your severance looks like. Yeah. And I think that I want I want to empower people and, and embolden people who are interviewing to ask about layoff process where they're interviewing and say, when was your last layoff? Do you plan to have any? Do you plan on having any hiring freezes? How did you treat people when you laid them up? That, in a nutshell, will tell you everything you need to know about their culture. Really, on that middle of the Wednesday, you know, things aren't good. How are you then? Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's not your holiday party. It's not Taco Tuesday. It's, it's in that moment. How did you care for people? Leah are a fact of life. They do happen. But the way you care for people and the way you support them, what kind of um, job help do you give them on the way out the door? What kind of severance are you giving them? How are you treating them? Are you treating them with humanity? Or are you making them box their stuff up and walk out with their head down like they did anything wrong? And they didn't. That's I've always said exit interviews are a giant waste of time. Um, in, in part of that is because... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to get out of that because clearly if I'm laying somebody off, we screwed up somewhere along the way. Either we screwed up and hired the wrong person or we screwed up and we lost business and had to cut our workforce or we screwed up and whatever, right? We screwed up somewhere along the way. What I really want to know though is... Um, I mean, it's good to know where you screwed up. Don't get me wrong. It's good to know that. It's, it's the, it's the offering them the opportunity. They're true. True. And, and by, and by silencing them, by not asking, you've just done another bad thing to them. Most people don't even do them or they blow them off or whatever. But those that do, that tell the truth, there's always something to learn there. And it's so much more than just the being laid off. They're they're going to come at you with complete truth and honesty and transparency and say, these are the things that I think happen. And I also think that by not being open about, you know, what's happening before layoffs occur, you're absolutely missing an opportunity to possibly solution for it. You have smart people working for you, hopefully, at all levels, and you never know where an idea could come up. You never know where somebody on supply chain line could actually say if we just did this we would save 20 grand uh you know a, a, a pallet of stuff you you just don't know unless you ask unless people have awareness that there's a problem 
then they have no opportunity to help you solve it. And, you know, leaders get, you know, worked really hard to be in their seat. Um, and they very, very quickly forget that people are smart at all levels of an organization and they know what they know within their, their area. And by being um, open about what's going on, you may actually solve a problem that, you know, doesn't have to escalate. No, you, 100%. And, uh, but I, I think where we need to spend more of our time is talking to our employees while they're still employees. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so like when that time comes that I'm laying somebody off, it shouldn't not be, a not, it shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. They like, I shouldn't be like, okay, I'm laying you off now. Give me a chance to vent. It's like, there should have been an open dialogue up to there, up to that point. And there should be, uh, you know, you should be going to your employees, especially your tenured employees going, dude, you've seen us at our worst, like, and you're still here. Why? Oh yeah. Let's Why are you still story. here? What is it that you love about this place that you stuck through us here? when we what screwed up? What keeps you here? What keeps yeah. you here? Um, it's funny because I posted about that today on LinkedIn. It's <laughs> 10 reasons to have regular all hands calls with your people. And it builds trust. It builds relationships. It keeps everybody on the same page. Stop dreaming that cascaded messages work. They don't. They don't. You know, I, I tweeted um, that the enemy of information is commentary. Something, something to that end. And it is because once if I'm whispering what I heard to you, I heard it differently. Now I'm sharing it with you and you're, you know, it, it, it gets bastardized every time it's shared. It loses all connotation and meaning and, and is open to interpretation. If you tell everybody the same thing at the same time and you allow for ask me anything or open Q&A with leadership, that builds trust. It also is, it, it gives people an opportunity to see leaders as human and they're much more willing to forgive missteps or to understand. Even when things don't go our way, even when there are layoffs or cuts or budget cuts or can't do that project this year, understanding is what people seek. It, yeah. People are a lot smarter than anybody gives them credit for. We're, the, the biggest mistake you can make as a leader is assuming you know best for everybody. Yeah. You're a connector of information and you see big things in a big picture, but it takes all the cogs and everybody else to make any of it happen. And, yep. you know, not understanding that is also, you know, a culture problem and leads to, you know, toxic cultures. Yeah, for sure. So if you were trying to build out a pipeline of talent, if you were trying to sort of, uh, I guess you were, you were in that sort of high demand, uh, high volume recruiting, and you were trying to build out a pipeline of talent. What are some of the things that you would do that um, you, you think people are missing the boat on? I think that people are misinterpreting um, talent communities for job posting alerts. Not the same thing. Sure, mm -hmm. sign up for an alert, but you must also create value add content for passive candidates. You must engage with them. Have panels. Have webinars. Invite your more junior leaders to lead that work. It gives them a 
a, a cool place to kind of shine and to be important and to be junior thought leaders. And it gives parents um, an inside look at what it's like to work where you are and good ideas can come out of those things and networking comes out of those things and there's good feelings that come out of those things that that amount to so much more than, you know, you can't buy pipeline. Um, it doesn't work because you either have a job or you don't. And sometimes you don't have a job, but you still need a pipeline. Mm -hmm. And customers can be a pipeline. You know, oh, great relationships sure. with your customers is a phenomenal pipeline and a, a, a connect the dot situation to people. You never know who anybody knows, but you have to add, you have to have some kind of value add content for people who are interested in following you. You're either talking about industry stuff or, you know, telling really cool inside stories about challenges in the workplace, how it was dealt with, how people move through a work day at your organization and, and letting them share that in a really um, authentic way. And I know authentic is a word that's kind of been overplayed, but it's true that user generated content is really impactful. That has not changed. The stupid stat that I have been using for over 10 years is still that people will engage with one-to-one -one people content eight times more than a brand's content. And mm -hmm. that doesn't change. And in fact, the, probably if there was some kind of trust mes metric, it would be way off the scale. Um, and so allowing your people and resisting the urge to say that introduces risk. The risk is not talking about it. The risk is, is not having um, some kind of feedback loop or having a way to share stories. And, and to talk about your work culture. Um, not talking about it is um, now people are cautious. Like, why don't you ever hear about what it's like to work somewhere? They're mm -hmm. hiding some, you know. What are they not telling us? What are they not telling us? And in social, it's about engaging in that. And if somebody is, you know, this is not, um, social listening is not spying on your people. You You may never use that you know, against them unless they are making up lies about your company or something like that. But if they're really complaining, um, it makes it makes much more sense to say, you know, hey, I just want to make sure this is you're being cared for the right way, that you're being supported. I saw that and I, I don't want that to happen to you. If they're doing it on Glassdoor, you have to respond to that. I think one of the biggest mistakes that companies make is to not invest in the resources it takes to care for social recruitment marketing, to have a person that their job is to look at those sites and respond to things and keep an eye on things and do weekly sentiment reporting and do the work that it takes to change that, to get involved in conversations, to participate in conversations. Um, you, you respond to one person. I have done this for several companies and I won't it's amazing the, the minute you start engaging with people and saying, I'm so sorry to hear that. How can I help? And they're like, oh, my God, I'm hearing back from a person. That's amazing. Yep. They've already forgiven you for it. It's the same if you complain about your fries not being hot at Wendy's. And then the Wendy's jerk comes and says, you know, something snarky to you, but then says like, hey, here's a free, you know, DM you a coupon for free fries or whatever. Um, the world sees that engagement and it makes everybody look better well that's like i was saying like in hospitality if like i, I was a front office manager of a hotel 
And that was part of my job. Yeah, front line. Yeah. To make sure that I was constantly monitoring, my team was constantly monitoring those feedback sites like TripAdvisor and whatnot. And if somebody made a comment that was negative, we had to be all over it and reach out to them and find out what was the problem and find out what makes them happy and do what we could to make them happy. Like that was part of our job. And I agree that in recruitment, we need to to take that responsibility of, um, or a part of HR that we need to take a part of that responsibility to make sure that our current staff and our candidates are happy. Like, I think if you're doing employee feedback surveys, one of the things for me is I'm not a fan of anonymous surveys and I get that they, the, the thought behind that is people will be more honest if they know that there's no chance of them being reprimanded for being honest. But I would much rather have a culture where I want Michelle to tell me where I screwed up. Yeah. Because then I can do something about it. Accountability across the board right. for everyone, because then you just get a lot of complaining and whining and they may be a big part of the problem themselves. Like, let's be honest, work is still work and we still have to go to those jobs and do the tasks assigned to us. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, I think that the there's been retaliation the last couple of years and saying, look, we're fed up. Sure, absolutely. But we still have jobs to do. We still mm -hmm. have to be accountable for what our jobs are. We still have to go to work and do the thing. And that, I like that. I, I agree with that as well, because what it does is it brokers relationships. It means we can have open discussion about challenges that we're facing and nobody has to hide under a rock and, and we can have a talk about it. And you're, yep. you are empowered to tell me a leader what you don't like or what yep. you think I did wrong. And, and we have I will to be... tell you, you know, how we will work together, you know, and we will solve the problem together. And we have to be really, really clear in our communication that no damage will come from you telling me and being honest about how you feel. Uh, it's the same as, you know, um, a married couple not being able to tell each other how they feel, yeah. right? Like that marriage is doomed to fail. If, if if the couple can't have an honest co conversation about something that the other person did to piss them off, right? that marriage is doomed to fail. And so we need to have that same accountability and respect and open communication in, in our workforce. And if we can create that open culture where we can learn from each other and that we can have those employees online talking about, you know what? My boss pissed me off and I told him and this is what they did to fix it. Like people are going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Reducing hierarchy and increasing team spirit, team feeling. And we're all, you know, and not in a, um, again, not the, the performative, we're in it together bullshit that you see in a lot of places. That's usually not even true. When you don't even have to say that, you feel it. You feel mm -hmm. it because... Your boss is side by side with you having your back in those moments um, where you have your people's back in those moments where you can have, you know, and that, that also lends itself to in the employee experience, having real time coaching when things are going awry, 
real-time feedback, real-time conversations about you know challenges or opportunities to improve. Um, I think what we have a lot of are leaders who then become hiring managers who aren't frankly good at leading people. They're mm -hmm. good at their jobs and they've been good at their jobs. So they've been elevated and promoted and elevated and promoted. But all of those elevations and promotions are moving away from the thing that they were so good at and doing more and more people stuff. Soft skills Without stuff. the training to do it. And soft skills stuff is a completely different skill set. And a lot of people ain't got it. They don't have it. They don't know what it takes to be empathetic, to truly listen to people, to engage with them, to encourage them, to inspire. It's rare to have someone who's real good at their job and inspiring and empathetic. You know, it, it, we kind of need to look at, you know, why do you get promoted? Maybe you should just be chief tinkerer and allow the people leadership to be the people who are truly the soft skills wizards and know what they're mm -hmm. doing. And don't burden them with task exercises and transactional exercises and work that is not nearly as meaningful to the company as their ability to um, grow and develop people, keep them happy, retain them, find them, encourage them, grow them, and be successful. Crazy. Crazy thought. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, uh, we could go on and on about this for another four or five hours, <laughs> but I'm sure people will eventually tune out. So um, if you hadn't had a few drinks to this point, shame on you. Uh, this was a perfect uh, drinking opportunity with the uh, honest and transparent. <laughs> um, so, uh, Michelle, thank you very much um, okay. for for being here. How can people get a hold of you if they want to uh, sure. be open and honest and transparent with you? Hundred percent. So I do a whole lot of candidate centric content over on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is U N C G Michelle, and I'm over on Twitter, um, at least now, and it, that's Michelle Tweet. I was a very early adopter on Twitter, Michelle Tweet, and then um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome, and I'll uh, make sure that uh, all of those will be posted in the in the comments sure. uh, so um thank you very much and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime <laughs> thanks so much Brad.